Welcome to the Off Lead Podcast, presented by Gun Dog Outpost. My name is Tyler Meaden, and I am your host. On today's episode, we have Will Jenkins from Tri Upland on. Uh, on this episode, Will discusses the beginnings of Tri Upland, what it is now, where it's headed. Uh, spoiler alert: it, We're only like two months into it, um, and it's you know it's on the onward and upward trajectory. Uh, so essentially, Tri Upland, if, if you're a novice to upland hunting, but you've always wanted to give this a try, uh, you're going to want to listen to this episode. And if you're a seasoned upland hunter, this is going to be a great way for you to help introduce folks to the world of upland hunting. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to go ahead and get signed up here ASAP because I keep forgetting and it's on my to-do list, um, but I want to get that done. Um, anyway, getting uh, new folks introduced to the world of, of hunting, gun dogs, and the like, it's really important to me. It's, and it's, you know, Tri Upland is a great way to provide easy access to those folks who might be interested but don't have the resources or maybe just don't know how to get started now before we get into the episode we do need to talk about gundog outpost so what is gundog outpost that is the store that um, is designed for the gundog owner um, i do own it i do run it uh, what's on there are products that you're going to need to train your gundog um, so training supplies slip leads e-collars the like um, you can find all that at gundogoutpost.com. And then lastly here, we also need to talk about hoist, aka IV level hydration in a bottle. So every time I finish, I hunt chasing roosters. Uh, hoist is what I'm grabbing post-hunt to rehydrate myself. I get especially dehydrated this time of year because I'm getting older and yada, yada, yada. Um, Anyway, Hoist is one of three Department of Defense approved electrolyte beverages. Um, I mean, that right there says enough, you know, it's good enough for our troops. It's good enough for me to drink after a hunt to make sure that I'm refueled and rehydrated. Now, if you'd like to give Hoist a try, head on over to drinkhoist.com. Use the code GUNDOGOUTPOST, all caps, one word, to get 10% off your order. With that said, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. Will, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And as we get started, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, name, where you're located, uh, name of your business. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Will Jenkins. I live in Western Wisconsin, just outside of the Twin Cities area. Um, and I have a small uh, marketing agency called Uncommon Wild. Okay. Uh, is Uncommon Wild your full-time thing? Not yet. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, can I ask what you do full-time? Yeah. So I work in the healthcare industry. I do um, uh, supply chain and sourcing support for a large Midwest health system. Okay. All right. And um, what type of uh, gun dog do you own? I have an 11-month-old German wire-haired pointer. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I have never worked with that breed before. Plenty of uh, German short hair pointers, but never the wire haired. Is it your first gun dog? He is. Yeah. I, I tried to uh, rehome a four year old wire hair pointing griffin a couple years ago okay. as my first gun dog. He was supposedly kind of started, but then kind of didn't do a lot for a couple of years. And um, he just had a lot of trouble um, 
adjusting. He sure. was raised, living in a very different area for the first four years of his life and adjusting to a house full of little dogs and kids. He just, it wasn't the best environment for him. Um, and we just decided to get him to a, a more country place where he's used to having, you know, 10, 15 acres to run on instead of a little suburban lot like we have here. So sure. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a big transition. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. And uh, are you self-training Odin? Yes, I'm trying. So uh, I, I guess um, yeah, I, you, it's with, you know, your first, you don't really know how good or bad you are, you know, until things are, are moving along. But uh-huh. I, I had some pretty, uh, pretty simple goals for him. Um, I, I, you know, I've got a bunch of buddies that do uh, NAVDA training and stuff like that. And for my first dog, I, I wanted to just really focus in on um, basic obedience, at least for this year. So that's been our real big focus is just making sure he does what I want in the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere, but especially in the field like around here, I hunt a lot of really small WPAs and stuff and some are on highways. And so my, my biggest worry and the biggest issues I had with the dog I tried to rehome was just that obedience and safety aspect of it. Yeah, um, no, for and a sure. lot of the rest seems to be instinct, and he he does well on the rest. He's still got some work to do before next year, but sure. Um, for this year, it's it's been pretty simple. Yeah, no, I think that's I, I think you're focusing on the right things, you know, especially if you're hunting by roads. Roads make me really nervous. Yeah, like like yeah. especially nervous. And I grew <laughs> up I grew up in rural southwestern Wisconsin, and you know we often you know started and ended near roads. They were you know backcountry roads, but the biggest fear was that, you know, we'd, we'd flush a bird up, you know, near the road, cause they're going to run to the end of the cover. And then, you know, yep. dog's going to run underneath it out into the road and, you know, get, get hit by a car. So yep. I understand where you're coming from. Having that control is like it, in the field is an especially important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Have you had, how many birds have you had him on? Uh, so earlier this year, um, I had a really hard time getting a hold of just birds because I was just going to buy a bunch of quail and stuff from local yeah. producers, but apparently everybody bought a bird dog this year and everybody <laughs> was out of birds. So I didn't get them nearly on as many as I wanted. Did a lot of work with dummies and stuff just to get him used to scent and finding things and stuff when he was real little. Um, but we've been out to, uh, there's a game farm not too far from here, preserve. Mm-hmm. So we bought a bunch of birds out there and he did, he did awesome. We bought, how many did we buy? uh i don't know 16 birds i think 16 roosters we put out um we ended up bagging 11 um and we had two other dogs that were well-trained griffins uh pointing griffins so um he was just kind of i figured learning the ropes but he got six of the 11 that we we put up so he did pretty good um Uh uh-huh i would say so yeah and in this in this preserve is pretty i mean you get a huge tract that they put them out on they don't just drop them all in a hedgerow and leave like they do a good job putting them out the dogs really have to work it's not a perfectly cut field there's you know it's it's super rural wisconsin (laughs) you know it's not fancy there is no clubhouse um (laughs) yep i mean there kind of is but you you maybe don't want to hang out in there um (laughs) but it's uh but he did really well i think as a because he was about uh eight or nine months old at the time and it was his first real hunt with birds we'd been on grouse and woodcock hunts where he'd been exposed to birds but not back to back to back kind of thing Mm -hmm. um 
and the first few the grass and stuff was too high to see if he really pointed and pheasants aren't known for holding super well right anyway but um the first four he uh put up um they came up ahead of me um and i wasn't 100 certain if it was him or one of the other dogs that got him up but he got him up um and uh i don't know for certain if he was perfectly on point or how well he hold it just because visibility was bad but we got those and i know shouldn't shoot them unless you know they pointed but i yeah. did anyway um but well, his you, fifth bird you, you, he, you, he pointed perfect the bird held he held his point mm-hmm. um and i had to flush the bird he wouldn't even move in on it so That's it was awesome. like okay so he he's getting it even yeah. if he did flush the first couple um and now that we've had that interaction uh, you know if we're out now on public land where we spend the rest of our time you know it, it doesn't get shot unless i know he's pointing it and sure. stuff like that but at least for that first interaction i think he did quite well at that age and um yeah so that's those are the mo- he's been on some wild birds he kicked up a a nice public land rooster a couple weeks ago here in western wisconsin um but you know I, he was way out he we'd gotten kind of lazy we were kind of me and my hunting buddy were more scouting for deer than bird sure. hunting at the moment. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like, man, this would make a great bow stand spot. So we're just kind of staying around, looking around at all the deer sign. And Odin's 60 yards out. And then we hear the bird get up. I'm like, crap, <laughs> that's on us. We weren't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> he was on it. And they were running. I mean, you could tell oh, yeah. they were running the way where he flushed out. You knew he came from 150 yards away from that, probably by the time we pushed him through it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he he finds them. It's just getting that um that last bit of whoa training done and then sure. retrieve the hand is gonna be his issue. He he's he retrieves well for in practice. Um but on live birds, he just wants to hang out with it. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> so That's- that's a that's a work in I mean that's a work in progress for a lot of people though. And and you I mean he's young, right? I mean he's eleven oh, months. Yeah. Um you know, there's a, there's a lot of seasoning and maturing that'll, that'll take place with Odin over the next couple of years, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. You had one dog before this, that, that you, um, you know, you was supposedly started and then you got Odin. And then is that where the inspiration for try Upland came from? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, so, um, I'll just kind of dive into that and give you the backstory in it a little bit. You know, I please, please do. I'm 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 here to learn. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I didn't start upland hunting till I moved to this area a few years ago. And my buddy Brian, the guy I mentioned I was hunting with before, um, I met him through Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Um, we're both members. Actually, at the time I was working for BHA, and he was one of the members. But he lives pretty close. He's got bird dogs, and upland hunting was something I always wanted to do. But I'd grown up in Central Virginia. Uh, right outside of Richmond, where there's not a lot of bird hunting, especially on, well, there's not a lot of public land in that area in general, but bird hunting is a pay-to-play kind of thing, and I didn't have a lot of money, so I just didn't. We had friends that did, um, a good friend of my dad's that we both worked with at a company my dad and I both worked at for a time, had Britney's, and he, it was awesome. I loved hearing about the hunts, but never got out, and unfortunately, he kind of, um, he actually died while hunting one day. He got a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, So we never really got to go with him. So that was kind of my first introduction to how cool upland hunting could be was a guy I looked up to and, um, you know, it was kind of like I should, it seemed like something I'd really enjoy. So when we moved out here, um, we, I 
was just desperate to find somebody to hunt with and ended up making really good friends with my buddy Brian and we've been out I don't know we go out a few dozen times every year um and I, it just kind of rekindled my like passion for the outdoors first it was you know just kind of deer hunting with family and then it was really turkey hunting because it's so much fun and then it was bow hunting and mm-hmm. um not that anything gets old or stale but um I, I love bow hunting but you're still just kind of sitting in a tree <laughs> you know um, yes. and I, I love it for its aspects but the the upland hunting once I got into it I was like man this is so cool I can literally do this pretty much in all every state there's so many different species the terrain mm-hmm. is so different but the concepts are all the same throughout like yes you're not it, like bow hunting at for uh, uh, a comparison bow hunting where I was in at the time uh suburban virginia and maryland is very different than bow hunting um you know midwest like the 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 pressures everything's so different whereas like upland hunting yeah it is it's definitely different wherever you go but you can apply very similar concepts and 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 make your way through and i guess you could say that about bow hunting but it's a lot more fun because you're walking around (laughs) you know you can see more like you learn faster because you're not sitting and waiting you're walking and doing you know so it's like even if it's the same concepts it's like you you learn faster you see more because it's such a much more active hunt yeah and i i will uh i will say i love bow hunting like i you know november i basically that's like all i did was deer hunt i bow hunted and then gun hunted and you know poor mac didn't really get out but you know um ah, there's something about being able to move around a lot Mm -hmm. and not sit there when it's cold out um there's something to not having to worry about um you know, scent control. Like I can just get <laughs> yeah. out of my truck and go. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. There's something for not having to get up so dang early. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> in mean, some states, you're not even allowed to. Like, right, you know, right. You can't even hunt until nine o'clock in Minnesota. You right. know, so I didn't like, know that. That's yeah. At least yeah. for the first part of the season or certain parts of the season. At least the last time I was out early in the season, we had to wait till nine o'clock to get started. Okay. But, um, okay. But yeah, so it, it all kind of just started around. I got real excited about upland hunting, really got into it. Um, and I say that I'm not some expert. I don't go 120 days a year. I don't do anything crazy. I just, I go every chance I get. Right. And I don't kill a lot of birds. You know, I don't live in an area chock full of roosters or any chock full of anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like this weird, you know, like I, I'm some amazing upland hunter. I just really enjoyed it even kind of you know the old adage of the worst day hunting whatever yes but like i you just cover so much ground you see so much i'm just fascinated by the different um ecosystems like i growing up on the east coast i didn't really understand prairie like and how cool it was mm-hmm. i just thought it was a whole bunch of grass <laughs> you know like it sounds boring but you go walking through it and you're kicking up bugs and birds and like there's stuff everywhere you about step on a giant buck because it just stays in the grass until you about step you know like there's mm-hmm. so many things that happen out there that are were just new to me that i just gravitated to it so sure um and that's and- where i i realized it was such a low barrier activity um you can spend a fortune and to get into upland hunting but you can also spend next to nothing and, and still have a good time and, and be an upland hunter mm-hmm. so that's where we kind of hatched the idea of tri upland um what so what 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 is what is tri upland yeah so tri upland 
so uh, to give you kind of to make sense of where it is now is to understand where it kind of came from. So okay. we had a marketing project that we, uh, we were working on with some brands to bring kind of non-hunting media on an upland hunt as a way to introduce them to hunting and kind of create a new, new audience sort of thing. But COVID obliterated that. So we said, you know what, <laughs> let's just open it up to everybody. Like if you want to go hunting, let's just start a hashtag. And it was meant to be kind of just an informal social movement of saying, Hey, I'm going out Thursday at 10 a.m. If you want to try Upland, let me know, you know, as a way to mm-hmm. just open the door a little bit better. Cause there's a lot of people that follow people and live near them. And they may even be buddies in real life or not. I don't know, but mm-hmm. they just never tried it. And it's so easy to try that. Our idea was like, let's just get people to try it. And I bet they'll like it. We can reactivate hunters. We can get new hunters, you know, sure, we can yeah. pull some whitetail hunters into the Uplands. We can, you know, we can kind of help people understand that this is a, an activity worth doing and it's a lot of fun. And and kind of the bottom line is we want more people to do it because we need to protect it for a long time. Uh-huh, and 100%. With, without new people coming in, um, it'll die out. I mean, when you look at the average, like if you look at the statistics, I don't have them in front of me, but I mean, it's just a bunch of really old dudes. <laughs> we don't yes. have a lot of time left. We've got to build a new, a new generation in the next like 10 to 15 years or we don't have it anymore. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, one of, one of my big things is I, I look at a lot of macro trends and I, I've mentioned mm-hmm. this before, but like the, you know, the number of hunters is decreasing and the average age of hunters is, and this is just a, hunters in general, not just specifically yeah. open hunters, but it's, you know, right, yeah. it, it's only increasing, which means there's going to be a more, uh, you know, substantial decrease in hunters. And so, you know, recruiting new hunters, getting people introduced to hunting, to, to gun dogs, like, it's a, it's a big passion point of mine. And yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you that, you know, upland hunting is a really low barrier to entry for, for new hunters. And, yeah. you know, I, I do some guiding and, you know, at, at a local hunt club. And oftentimes, you know, there's people that haven't, that haven't upland hunted before. I know it's at a game farm, but you know, they always walk away having such an appreciation for the dogs or yeah. the birds, or there's just something that captures their attention and excitement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what kind of a key point of, of triupland is the availability of game preserves. You know, when you look at other types of hunting to essentially, I mean, what you're doing with, a, with any guided or preserve hunt, especially is you're essentially putting a deposit on success, mm-hmm. or the opportunity at success. And that's yes. with whitetail or any other animal that you'd hunt with a guide or outfitter or on a preserve, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, with other species, that's thousands of dollars with birds. Like you can have a really good time at a game farm for like a hundred bucks, yep. especially if you go with a bunch of buddies and you all chip in 50 to a hundred bucks, you can get a ton of birds and you might only shoot a couple, whatever, but you're still, it's such an easy way to kind of fuel that passion. And, you know, I, it, it just makes it so easy to get so many people into it without, you know, like I said, you can, if yeah. you can get a used 870 at your local gun store for mm-hmm. under 200 bucks and spend a hundred bucks or 50 bucks at a game farm, you're an upland hunter now. And it was only, it was under $300. There's yeah. not many hunting activities you can do and be something that quick and, and have at least a, a, um, a good enough understanding to have a good time and be safe. Like yeah. it, it yeah. doesn't work that way in any other area of hunting really. No, so. it, it doesn't. You know, I love, I love, you know, what you're pointing out though. Like you don't need, you can, you can 
upland hunt in jeans, a pair of boots, you know, and just uh, some hand-me-down orange vest with it, with a cheap hand-me-down gun. It doesn't, yeah. not going to take away from the excitement. And, you know, I, um, my first pheasant that I shot, I think I was 10 years old. Is that a game farm? You know, I yeah. had a, I had a, you know, a, a 20 gauge pump, um, no choke in it, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and rooster went up. I shot the bird somehow, somehow I hit it, you know, it dropped and I've been hooked ever since then. Yeah, know? exactly. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it, I love what you're doing here. So, um, and I keep interrupting you, but okay. So you're good. it, so it start. so you start, you just created an Instagram account essentially and started a hashtag movement. Yeah. So the idea was to, like I said, try to just keep it sourced around or based around social media and be this real informal way for people, you know, you could just hit try upland and see who was going out and stuff but the interest was a little extreme from the start um and we're really only like six weeks into this you know so this is yeah i mean we started i think i did the first instagram post okay so we're maybe we're pushing two months i want to say it was around november 12th or 11th was the very first time we ever posted anything um and the the uh the reaction was pretty intense. So what we ended up doing is building a community site. So um, it's kind of like Facebook, but stripped down to just basic post types. We subdivided into like a main feed for everybody. And then there's eight, eight main regional groups by state. So, you know, kind of Great Lakes and Plains, far West, Southwest, Southeast. Yeah. You know, can you give the, the website, um url so people can go check it out yeah so it the way you can get in is just tryupland.com if you scroll down to the bottom there's a form um you fill out the form and then within a day or so you get invited to the community site um and that way we're limiting people to um just people that truly want to learn or want to teach or some mix thereof and that's kind of the goal here is to build a community that has these varied levels of experiences versus some uh super strict structure of leadership because sure. um i can take i've taken a lot of new people upland hunting and i'm the furthest thing from an expert and we all have a good time mm-hmm. um, i want to go with people that know different things than me and it's like even in my area we can hunt grouse in the north i don't really know what i'm doing up there but i know enough to like at least flush some and find them but Sure. I'm not very good at it, but pheasants, I think I have a pretty decent handle on. So, sure. you know, somebody up North that spends more time with grouse than pheasants, we can kind of be each other's experts of sorts. You know, we don't have to have that hard line relationship of I'm your mentor now, you know, like a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of our three activities and those are fine for certain use cases. But what I found is they put people off like mm-hmm. that. It, it's especially the generation we're targeting, which is basically anyone and everyone but the way we're doing it selectively targets for people probably under 45 mm-hmm. and even more even younger so you know base a web-based community it builds that like friendship mentorship instead of you being assigned to this person and you can develop relationships and find where you fit and who you fit with instead of being shoved in a classroom type setting so sure. um you know, the site grew pretty quick. I haven't checked the stats lately, but we at last check we had over 200 users in the the community site. Which holy smokes! Again, well, and that's not a huge number, but in I it's launched a short it, period of time though, like really short yeah, period exactly. of time. 
I launched the community site or started sending invitations the day after Thanksgiving. So it's blown to 200 active members in the community site in just a few weeks. And at last check, we had like 97 or so different posts. Sure. You know, where, you know, people had posted and then um, I don't remember the counts of replies, but inevitably if I log in and go to like the admin side, I can see there's usually at least 10 to 15 people online at all times mm -hmm. um, with a really high recruitment rate. Um, so it's, the site's doing well. And the idea was we're still figuring out as we go, we have a lot of ideas. We know what we, we want to do and we know how we think we want to get there. But the nice mm -hmm. thing about building a community is they can tell us which way they want it to go. Yeah. hundred um, percent. 100%. So we have ideas, but it's up to them to kind of tell us how they want that executed and then we'll, we'll do it. So, okay. so, so you so in less than two months, you have 200 active members. You have just shy of a thousand followers on Instagram. Um, that's a, I would say you, you struck a chord uh, from, a, <laughs> yeah. you know, with, with, with the Upland community or people who are interested in it. Now, if I go on and I sign up, do I, based on my location, do I get grouped into one of those eight um, regional yeah. like subsegment communities then? Yeah. So what we try to do, and it's not a perfect system. So when you log into the community site, there's some basic information already just waiting there for you that says, hey, go ahead and join a group if you want. Mm -hmm. But I also go through every few days and kind of audit and try to put people in those groups. Sure. Um, but you can join as many groups as you want. You know, there's there's not very many rules along how you do it because i mean i have goals of hunting the southwest but i'm in wisconsin so sure. i, I want I'm, I'm in all the groups because i run the site but at the same time we have people that are in different groups because they live on borderlands between like southwest and southeast because they abut each other and if you're in a border state it makes sense so mm -hmm. um and upland hunting seems to be one people are willing to put a lot of miles on their trucks to <laughs> to get after some birds. So it, that's why we kept it really open and we're not locking really anything down hard. It's no, I, just kind of open. It, it makes sense, right? Because, you know, I want to, yeah. you know, I want to, you know, I definitely want to head Southwest and, and, you know, that that's on my list of hunts to do. I don't know when, but, you know, I definitely want to learn about that. And, you mm -hmm. know, if I, if I, when I shouldn't say if, when I fill out the, um, you know, the information on your site, you know, I'll probably select sure, you know, I'd like to mentor new upland hunters, you know, people around the area, because I can do that, you know, I've been out enough. Yeah. And I feel like I can offer a little bit of information, you know, they can see they can see Mac work and this and that. And, you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully it strikes a chord with them. But, you know, I, if I wanted to go, you know, say to say to, you know, the southwest and do some chucker hunting wild chucker hunting, uh, you know, I would I would need to be mentored there because I have wouldn't yeah. have the first clue. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And and because we've had so much change so quick, try, the Triupland website will be revamped. You'll see some notes in there that, hey, things have changed a little. So here's how we're doing it now. Um, so there'll be some new content coming out. We're kind of rounding out the season. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're late in the season for most states. I know some go well through into January and February, you know, especially in the Southwest. But we're really rounding out the season. And we've had, we have some really really cool plans as we go into next year to basically grow the community, um, provide additional resources in the way of people and education material. Sure. Um, but all of which will never be like a textbook. It won't be anything too nuts. Um, but we have some, we've had some really promising meetings with some 
really good groups of people to really help push this um, out to people and kind of rope people in. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the number one goal is to create a community of like-minded folks who are passionate about upland hunting, whether it's their first time or their hundredth time with all of that being to promote conservation and keep this thing going. Um, and, and inclusivity is a big deal for us because there's a lot of people and, you know, we've run numbers and we have statistics and I'm not going to quote numbers because it's boring, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that want to go hunting or would be interested in it if they had a better idea of, of what it was and felt like it was something they were supposed to be doing because they identified with it. Um, so we really hope to provide that opportunity for people that maybe don't look like the, uh, the upland hunter you see in your mind, which is a middle-aged white guy and um, <laughs> central America, you know, central uh, U S yep. um, you know, those guys are great. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm headed to be one of them, you know, so it's not like yep. I have anything against them, but I also want to make sure that people that aren't like that aren't that don't look like that, that don't identify with that persona have just as much opportunity and feel just as comfortable as I did walking into the sport. So right. um, that's one of our big goals along the way. And I know a lot of people say inclusivity, but we're really trying to shape this around that, not just say we're inclusive, but actively be inclusive and make mm -hmm. sure that we provide opportunity and target certain ways of doing things that make it easy for everyone to get sure. out there. Sure. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, I, I like where you're headed, right? Because that's in the hunting industry, I would say that's, you know, there's a lot of underrepresentation. We'll just oh, yeah. say, um, so, okay. So the goal is to create a community of, of like-minded folks. Is there like a number you have in mind? Is there like, you know, anything more that you can give that's a little more concrete than that? Cause that was my next question is what is the goal with this? Like, where are you headed? Whether it's 2021, 2022. I mean, it looks like you're partnered with some, you know, pretty reputable companies already. Yeah. Yeah. On so with the our, idea. Plans, our plans are really to, when we started this, me and Matt Harding, my partner at Uncommon Wild, our, our, our thing was like, man, think if we could get like 10, 15 people out upland hunting this year, that'd be really cool. You know, and, and all of a sudden we have 120 people that want to go upland hunting, you know, so <laughs> we're already like tenfold what we thought. Um, so <laughs> we we have goals. We don't have any set number because we want to focus on. I, to me, I guess, you know, I'd love to see a million people in there, but at the same time, I'd rather have if there's going to be a million people in there and only 10,000 actually going, I'd rather only have 10,000 people in there. Sure. You know, so we don't really have number goals so much as um, making sure we're available and the words out to enough people that want to know about it, if that makes sense. So I don't, cause we don't know what that number is. It's like, we don't have a solid national number for how many people want to try upland hunting, but I do know, we were talking with a couple of organizations that do um, essentially hunter recruitment in various ways. And they've thrown out basically that they have access to millions of people that want to go hunting or have taken coursework in some way that says that, and they have nowhere to put them and they want to put them in our community. And I'm like, cool. So it could be a million, like I said, it could be a thousand, but sure. I, we don't have a, a solid number, but we, we are focusing on building out some, 
some content, some interactive content. So kind of like live meetings where, you know, within the community site, we can get together and have an expert go through things and answer questions live. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have some regional events planned for next year that we're shaping up now and working with some different organizations um, and companies to kind of sponsor and put those on. Um, so I think 2021 will be, this thing will be pretty big and by big i mean effective not necessarily in, in numbers sure. of, you know, thousands of people but um we have goals of setting up um at least four regional events if not more um that will allow for a lot of people to get out and learn and do things and that's that's part of the the data acquisition where we have as part of our our form it's really simple because we don't want to be intrusive but i can look at the numbers and tell you that we we have 14 people in Southern California that want to learn upland mm-hmm. hunting. We've had no one in Southern California say, I want to be a mentor. Sure. So we'll just do an event in that area. Yeah. You know, we can do that. We can target it. Whereas like Minnesota, we have probably around 40 people signed up and it's a 60, 40 split of 60% new hunters, 40% mentors. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's the beauty of the community is they can support each other. Like that's, that's easy they can take care of that with a little nudge here and a little way of getting people involved that's going to sustain itself whereas you know the folks in southern california need need like true intervention and help sure um to get them off the ground and then the goal is those people next year you know so 2021 those people get to come to a coursework of some sort like a day and a half in the field where we go over some basic stuff and take them on a hunt the next year they can go on their own and take some new folks, you know, so we're going to build that community and um, these events will, will hopefully shift into more of a celebration than an education. Um, You know, so it's a little more of a fun get together and go hunting than a more focused kind of training deal. Right. That's what we want to shift to is less hardcore educational type content and more experiential and community building. Right. It's, it's sort of like here, you know, you know, if you're targeting pheasants, you might want to look for this type of cover. Um, mm-hmm. But go, let's go out and explore it, right? Right. Yeah. Let's exactly. go. Let's go see it. Um, you know, and then let's go see it with a with a dog who makes everything better. I mean, maybe <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I, I, really, I mean, that's you know, that's that's the way that I look at it. And maybe I'm, you know, my my favorite part of of bird hunting is watching the dogs work. Uh, absolutely you know it, it not every it's not that way for everyone i mean sure i like to harvest you know ducks or pheasants or whatever i'm out whatever i'm chasing but you know you know seeing my dog work and and seeing other quality gun dogs work like that's that's the favorite part so um i love what you're building here like i i see the framework i see the vision i see where it's headed um i think it's i think it's fantastic um to get more people involved to get more people involved in in hunting in upland um you know, get more people involved and educated on gun dogs. Like that's, that's huge. Yeah. You know, that's, these are all things that, you know, obviously I'm biased, but I think can be a little bit misunderstood. Um, yeah. You know. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm all for like um, highly trained bird dogs, but it's been really cool to see some folks on the tri upland site taking non-traditional breeds out and killing birds. And yeah. it, you know, they've got like a collie out there or something, yep. you know, it's like some, rescue mutt that has a decent nose and listens to orders and they might just be a flusher but that's fine you know so people kind of getting out and just being active with their dogs and 
no, it's they didn't win a ribbon at the latest NAVDA thing, which is awesome. I have a buddy that does that, and his, him and his dog are so impressive. But at the same time, it's uh, it's cool to see people just getting out and being active and 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 getting after it with a non traditional dog and being successful. And mm-hmm. um, quite a few of the folks on the site have mentioned how they like inherited a German short hair pointer, and the do- <laughs> all the dog wants to do is chase birds. So uh-huh. now they want to upland hunt, you know. Yep. So it's like it's kind of funny that way i know a few people that have bought bird hunting breeds with no intention of hunting but seeing their drive made them be like well i guess i'm doing this now <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing how you know you see a dog that has it, it you know that has a purpose right you know mm-hmm. and you feel like as the owner you need to fulfill that purpose yeah. you know and that's i've seen that before i've seen that quite a bit actually where people will um you know, say, we'll, we'll go back to, to like duck hunting. They'll, they'll buy a lab and, you know, maybe, maybe they hunted once or twice as a kid, you know, every year or whatever, haven't hunted in 10 years, they get a lab and they're like, I guess I'll get back into duck hunting. Right. I mean, it's, right, yeah. it's the same, it's the same thing. And that's, you know, you, you know, this is, this is another way to cultivate that and, and really make right. it grow. And I love, I love where this is going. So, okay. So someone goes out to your website, they fill in the information, you know, they, you know, say they get, placed with um their new hunter they get placed with a mentor but say they're a mentor right like like you have you've you've mentored a few hunts what is Mm -hmm. it actually like um mentoring someone who's who's interested and who's who's new at upland hunting like walk me through that what that's like yeah so i mean it it, there's varying levels and the way we we do it through the site is is less a a pairing and more a opportunity based so mentors encouraged to post and reach out to folks in their region and then set up times to meet up. But um, obviously there's some prerequisites that you got to have. You have to have had your hunter safety course and a a hunting license. Um, At least that's prerequisite for your first hunt, unless you're going to a preserve. Um, You know, any activity with firearms is potentially life-threatening. So utmost importance is making sure people understand that. Um, but one thing we encourage, or I encourage in particular, is just to do a walk along. Um, my buddy Justin, he's brand new to upland hunting and, and new to hunting in general. He's been on a grouse hunt and a pheasant hunt with me. He didn't carry a gun either time, and he's had a blast. Like, mm-hmm. he's super into it, and he just wasn't comfortable carrying a gun around with a bunch of people and dogs running around. Sure, which yeah. I, I, I mean, I've done it a ton, and I'm still, like, ever vigilant, like, if the minute you're relaxed about having a loaded gun in your hands is the minute you probably shouldn't even be out there. But, um, I mean, obviously you get comfortable, but you should never be like lackadaisical about it. Um, but, um, you know, he's not super into carrying a gun just yet. And he's like, I've been messaging with him a bunch this week, like when we're getting out and I I always have an extra gun because I always do just in case I need it, but also in case someone else there needs a gun or whatever, and I'm like, hey, you've you've got my 20 gauge if you want it, you know. And he's the last couple of times he's just like, you know what, I'm I'm good. I'm just having fun watching and learning. So mm-hmm. that's definitely encouraged, and that's usually enough to get people really interested. Uh-huh. Um, of course, that goes without saying. Follow your state and local uh, regulations around that, because some places require even if you don an orange vest, you have to have a license. Right. Um, even if you never touch a weapon, so you you follow the rules. Um, but at the same time, there's ways to flexibly let people into the field and lower that risk or anxiety a little bit. Um, sure. sure. And, and it makes sense because there's, there's people who haven't had enough experience with firearms where they're not going to feel comfortable. 
handling right. it. But that's the first then, step. Yes, the first step, right? I mean, yeah. li- literally, like, you know, over the summer, you know, he could, you know, start to, he could go to the, you know, go to a sporting class course and, you know, take exactly. his time and get comfortable, get more comfortable. And then next fall, he might be carrying your gun. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, and then it's, if somebody's like a, you know, they've waterfowl hunted or small game hunted and they're used to kind of swinging a gun around and they're, they're comfortable with it. Um, we've had, I've had guys walk with a gun, but kept it empty as mm-hmm. like a first chance to get out there and get used to just carrying it and pointing it in the right direction. But if they're, they're good, I just, I do, regardless of if they've been hunting for 50 years and this is their first upland hunt, I go over basic rules, especially hunting with a dog. Um, you know, basic stuff like the only safe direction for your gun is pointing up just mm-hmm. to be 100% safe. Um, you know, make sure there's sky under the bird before you shoot. Yes. Always look out for the dogs, you know, and just kind of remind people that they're, you can never take a shot back and a, a missed opportunity is better than a, a bad shot on a, a buddy, a dog, or whatever. So, yep. Yeah. Kind of pound that in. And then I usually, in the field when when we line up or how we're pushing a spot or how we're walking it i just over communicate what we're doing Mm -hmm. just so there's no question everybody's comfortable you know like when me and my buddy brian go out we just kind of we go out all the time so we just know what to do and it's not a big deal but anytime even when it's like me and him and another buddy of mine eric or bill or whoever comes with us even though we've all hunted together when it's more than like two people we always like we'll just stop and talk about what we're going to do just be really painfully clear about who's walking where and what the plan is um and yeah just kind of developing from there and i especially with new folks we don't push a really big spot without communicating so like we'll get to a stopping point and i'll stop and i'll talk about stuff like Mm -hmm. here's where we're going to go from here what do you think or what does it look like over there because i can't see that far (laughs) you know like are those cattails or what you know i can't tell what that is you know so we just stop frequently and communicate a ton um and that's usually enough for people to start feeling safe and understanding and um yeah i mean and included and and comfortable right i mean if they if they're clear on what they're doing they're going to feel a lot more comfortable yeah. Yeah. And they get used to seeing what the dogs are actually doing. Cause if you've never upland hunted and you know, dogs are involved, you don't really, do they stay close to, they go far. Do they stay right in front of their owner? Or do they, you know, spread out, you know, and everybody's dogs are a little bit different too, but I think it gets them comfortable with how the dogs generally behave and what they're doing out there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you can get on a flush of some sort, um, they can really see, okay, well, this dog's rock solid and doesn't move or this one, this one will chase a little bit, you know, sure, um, sure. because not every dog's perfect and every instance is a little different too. So getting them used to that and what happens there is, is pretty imperative too, but yeah. And it, so, so you've had it, you've, you've been out mentoring. Have you had any new hunters you've mentored that have taken a bird? Not with me not with you except at a game farm okay but they were kind of newish they'd done it a while ago and just kind of started back kind of reactivated we took a bunch there but i've not had um over the last couple years anybody who is truly new to upland actually take their first bird with me it's usually later on (laughs) sure 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 have they have they gotten shots off yeah 
yeah, we um this past week. It, well, and again, he's not new to Upland. He's new to Minnesota. Okay. So he never um really had an opportunity at rough grouse. And we actually got four flushes when we were out, and that was that's kind of an example of how the site works. I posted, hey, I'm going to be at this GPS coordinate at 10:30 a.m. on Sunday. Whoever wants to go, let's go. We had six people show up. We had two dogs. <laughs> Um, we had a blast, you know, we flushed four rough grouse, none made it to bag, but, uh, Christopher got a, a nice shot at one. Um, you know, like I said, didn't make it to bag, but well, you know, that's, that's he, okay. he had, we had an absolute blast and, uh, my buddy, Justin, who's the new Upland Hunter too, he got to be real close to one of those flushes. And he's like, wow, I felt that. And it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a rough grouse and it sounds like a little miniature helicopter taking off right at your feet, you know? So it's like, yep he's been like super hooked since that because he went on a pheasant hunt where we didn't see crap and he still loved it um the rough grouse hunt really got him though because it's such different terrain and and habitat and the birds are so different um yeah but equally interesting kind of thing so yeah it it is and i didn't you know it doesn't matter if if you get close to a any game bird that flushes like i mean like real real close you, mm-hmm. you feel, you feel it. I mean, the rough yeah. grouse is going to be a little bit different, but you feel it and you're like, whoa. And there's a different level of excitement that really hits you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, that, that was really fun. That was a, a really cool hunt and we had a, a great time. And like I said, it's just, I loosely knew a couple of the guys, but didn't know anybody else. You know, we just met at a trailhead and we walked for about five hours. <laughs> so it was, you know, had a fun, safe hunt. Everybody's, I think we're going to try to all meet up again this week um, while everybody's kind of around for the holidays and off work and stuff. So sure. it's, no. uh, that's kind of the, the exact way we kind of hoped this would work is you say, Hey, I'm going and people just come out there with you. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I need to ask, just ask selfishly if you, if you know offhand, either, is there anyone registered in like the Southeastern Wisconsin area where I would be? I'd have to look, but I, I know there's a, it's, there's a handful of po- folks in Wisconsin, but I'm not certain where in Wisconsin, Okay. okay. but I'm sure there are. I know there was a few near Madison, sure. you know, obviously Southeast, but um, that's the town that rings a bell as, as some folks posted up that they were from that area. So okay. I'm sure there's a few. Okay. No, I think and that's uh, kind of cool is yeah. we, we have a really wide distribution of, um, folks i mean there's a pretty heavy concentration in the great lakes plains area mm-hmm. but there's probably 20 or 30 people in each zone or each region on the site already and like i said and we're only a few weeks in so um by you know early summer when you should start scouting and um shooting clays and kind of getting your your ducks in a row so to speak there should be you know for any given person that's interested there should be opportunity to meet up with somebody no matter where you are in the at least the lower 48 so that's that's fantastic i you know i think i'm curious to see where this goes and i would love to have you back on at some point in the future to, to talk about yeah. you know progress and where things are headed and stuff um we i mean you we covered a lot i feel like we covered tri upland you know fairly well in depth did, did, did i miss anything did I, did I cut you off at any point and, and cut off like a no. thought or anything major that we missed no, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think we, we hit all the, the, the important stuff anyway. I mean, um, this is, like I said, this is meant to be kind of a community and a movement, not some weird club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really open to anybody. Um, 
me and Matt run all the socials, so you'll get one of the two of us if you hit up the Tri Upland on Instagram or we're on Twitter now too and Facebook. So we're we're everywhere. Just look for Tri Upland, and if you look hard enough, you'll find us. Um, but just expect a lot more and a lot better over the next few months as we really get this thing going. Um, but like I said, we we try to keep it as informal as possible so we can uh, stay relevant and and. You know, if we had just been so hooked on this being just a social media tag kind of thing, we would have missed this opportunity. So I'm sure in a couple months, we will have to keep an open mind and maybe 20% of the stuff I said tonight is invalid, but the community's still <laughs> plugging along, you know? So. Sure, sure. No, no, it's, you're, you're so early. It's hard to know exactly where it'll be in three, six yeah. or 12 months from now. And that's for sure. Yeah, Exactly. All right. Well, I have I have a list of just rapid fire questions specifically for you, and then we'll yeah. we'll put a bow on this and wrap things up. Yeah. So, um, with this, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off the question, and first thing that pops into your head, you just go ahead and shout out the answer. Got it. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite upland bird species to hunt? So far, just the the good old ring neck pheasant. Okay. Okay. It's a good answer. I like that. Um, and you know, in the Upland community, um, for those that may not be familiar, um, you know, there, a lot of guys will carry an over under or side by side. So are you on team over under or team side by side? Over under. Okay. All right. Um, and then what is your boot of choice when you're walking the fields? I'm currently wearing, um, the Irish setter wing shooter, Okay. but I'm, planning on switching that up the soles are just too hard and not grippy enough and the guys that met on that grouse hunt can attest to the fact that ate it twice in the icy parking lot (laughs) okay that's fair that sounds painful (laughs) it it didn't tickle i'll tell you that (laughs) uh what are you what are you switching to do you know i don't know something with a a softer more like vibram outsole that that kind of softer more um yeah i need a, a a rigid boot, but with a softer rubber kind of thing. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, tactical upland hunting vest. Cause there's a bunch of them out there now. I think they're all really awesome or more of like an old school vest. Uh, I use the Orvis pro, which is kind of a, a mix of the two. It's kind of, it's like a overdone strap vest, I guess. Um, okay. it's just got enough pockets in the right place, but I'm not married to it. It's working for me so far, but I have my eye on a couple others to try out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you, the, I think I know the answer to this one, but your gun dog of choice. It's just one. His name's Odin and he's yeah. sleeping on my foot right now. <laughs> okay. No, in, in general, any pointer. I just love that style. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Although I will say if we, if we get together and do a hunt, I, you know, I will, I will bring Mac and we'll see if I can, you know, get you warmed up to flushers a little bit. I'm in. All right. Uh, what is your favorite post hunt beverage of choice? Oh, we, uh, there's a little brewery in Somerset, Wisconsin, and, uh, it's called Oliphant Brewing. And we usually hit that up and, um, they have a beer called Honey's Honey's, which is a peanut butter and honey golden ale. That's just the right amount of everything, especially after, uh, a long day in the field it's good whether it's hot or cold out or yeah it's that's my go-to okay peanut butter and honey golden ale yeah it sounds disgusting but it's real good i promise (laughs) well it's i mean those are like 
I, I love peanut butter. So I'm inclined to try anything that's, you know, peanut butter. So I'm, <laughs> I, I've never heard of that, but that's gotta be on my list. They, um, hey, they, they distribute down in your area. So, okay. all right. Fair, fair, uh, fair enough. I'm going to have to check it out here. All right. Um, all right. Last, last one here. And this isn't just not specifically for, for triopland, but uh, any big plans for you specifically for 2021? It could be a hunting trip. It could be another dog. It could be, you know, anything really. I'm looking forward to, it has nothing to do with this, but um, a camping trip with my son. We nice. went for our first like real road trip, camping trip uh, last summer together. Um, we went to Northwest South Dakota, just camped in the middle of nowhere by ourselves for a week and had an absolute blast. So that's probably my road trip or biggest look forward to thing for next year is we have plans to push into uh, the Black Hills and potentially into Wyoming a little bit next year. So that's that that'll be my highlight of 2021. But chasing birds will be very close second. Yeah, no, I think that's um, that's a great answer. It's a very, very good answer. All right. So that's all I have for rapid fire here. Um, Will, uh, before we, before we wrap up though, I do want to have you give um, the website for Tri Upland and then every single social media handle as well. One last time. Yeah, it's super easy. So just tryupland.com is where you can get some of the basic info and fill out the form that gets you access to our community site. And then we're just at Try Upland on every social media outlet, which we're currently on Twitter, Facebook, and focus on Instagram. Sure. Yeah, that is easy enough. I will also um, link all of those in the show notes as well. Um, awesome. So people should be able to get access to that if you are interested or looking for more, for more information. So I uh, will, I do want to thank you though, for, for hopping on here, for educating me about Try Upland. Um, I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's an awesome concept. You'll see my registration here soon enough. Um, and then I look forward to catching up at some point in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on and being interested in it. Absolutely. That's it for this week's episode. If you found value in the content or enjoyed the conversation, I have a few favors to ask. First, hit that subscribe button. Second, share this podcast with another gun dog owner. Those two things uh, would mean the world to me and they hopefully won't take you more than 30 seconds. Last thing is if you have another 30 seconds, go ahead and leave a review. Your feedback is important and it's what drives this podcast uh, so that I can make changes and improve it going forward.